Welcome to another episode of John's Comic Corner. This is the second part of our roundtable series about the state of comics. The question we left off on was, do you actively pursue comic books or media that has a different point of view than what is normally published? Enjoy the episode. So, it, Chad and Drew, like I said, if you guys want to discuss, I almost can't remember where we started from. The, oh, right, right, right. The idea of like, do you want to read characters who are different? Feel you can ignore the question and just say, hey, let's let's shift. We'll put a you know like a little beeper in there so that you know. I'll toss in some great VO. You can answer if you want. Yeah. I, I think at the very least, I can commit to a, a strong yes to that question yes definitely okay definitely, definitely and yet you refuse to read 90 percent of the things that i recommend to you that, that's all right you're pushing it john 90 percent. you refuse to read 92 percent of the things that i recommend to you get out of here I'll, I, as soon as this call is over i'm going to pick up that womanology okay okay thank okay. you i i really think you'll like it I think so too. I know I'm going to like it. Those, I have those books where like I, they sit there and I don't read them because I know if I need to read something good, they're there. I, it's, uh, I can't even talk about how good it is. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Chad, would you like to weigh in? Oh, it's so good. It's such a good book. Oh, I just want to talk about it. Uh-huh. Sorry. We'll get, we'll get there. Next comment corner. Yeah, there we go. I'll just say real quick. Um, when I look for like a new material, whether it be a book, video game, what have you, uh, it's I don't actively look for it. Okay, I'm, I'm not necessarily sick of like the straight white guy. Um, I've never really been drawn to that character. It's mm-hmm. much more like what is the world about, what is the story about, and what I tend to draw myself towards is actually like anything that's like a strong female lead. Like I I love mm-hmm. a badass sci-fi female lead. Like Sigourney Weaver in Alien or uh, Mila Jovovich in Fifth Element. And going back to uh, Mistborn, like the main character, Vin, is a female character. And I, I, just, I get drawn to those stories because it's them being in a male-dominated world always and just having them struggle. And it's, it's, most times it is written by a man, so it's not the exact same one-to-one ratio you want to see. So it is mm-hmm. kind of colored uh, by, a male, by a male perspective, a male gaze. But it's, it's more entertaining for me to see the struggles of people in the, in these male dominated worlds struggling and, and, and succeeding and kicking ass. That's kind of what draws me in, in, in new material that I read or, or, or play or watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So some of the notes that I have written um, is uh, Chad, I can actually recommend a really good uh, fantasy series for you. The Night Runner series by Lynn Flewelling. Have you ever read that? heard of it i've never read it though okay really good um the half of the um actually i think almost all of the commanders and like generals in the army are women um but it's the two main characters and you don't really you get it if you're looking for it but if you're not looking for it you probably won't realize it until somewhere in book two but the two lead characters are lovers 
two mm-hmm. male lovers. Um, it's a fantastic book. Uh, it's a fantastic series. I think there's six. Um, I keep hoping she'll write more. Um, but it's one of those ones I would, I would totally recommend that. Sorry. I'm just trying to get all of my notes out here. <laughs> um, Josh, there is a book called I'm a Gay Wizard, which the title is terrible. And I it's would have an said, amazing like, title. Do not. I do not. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it's about a, it's about two kids, a gay kid and a young um, transgender woman um, who come across this book, accidentally cast a spell and get pulled into a school and it just goes haywire. There's a sequel, which I have, but I haven't read yet. So I have to get to it. Um, but every time something opens with a series like that, it's always, they found the Necronomicon. So I'm glad if it's not that, but yeah. it, it never ends well when that happens. Um, this is a really fascinating, this is, it's a really fascinating um, uh, book. I remember I was working in a bookstore and um, a young um uh, non-binary person came in and somehow we just sort of were randomly talking. I think they ordered a, a, um, I think they ordered a, like a fantasy series. And I had just read that book and I was like, Oh, have you ever heard of this? And they're like, no, order it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fascinating. So I think they worked at the large bookstore, which will not be named. Uh, no, no, no. This was an indie store. Oh Yeah. That's way more um, fun. It was a lot more fun. Yeah, it was a lot more fun. Um, Andrea, I also wanted to tell you, um, one of the things that got cut out of Black Panther is, um, and the Dora Milaje, Okoy actually was very specifically in the comics in a same-sex relationship, um, which they cut out of the movie and created quite a bit of controversy. Well, Marvel, Marvel needs to be in China. You know, Girl, why the Chinese market? But um, yes, so I would highly recommend um, your 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 cousin might want to read um, might want to read it. It's 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 a, it's a solid um, it's a solid storyline. It's a really good book. I think it was. I don't think it was the Tanahisi Coates. It was around that time, but I don't think that Tanahisi Coates wrote that. Was it World story. of Wakanda? I think it was either. Yes, I think I think it was in World of Wakanda. I think isn't it? Uh, I could. I this is going back a couple of years. Is that Roxanne Gay? I think it was. Yes, I think it was Roxanne Gay. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, yes. Um, thank you, Drew. Sure. Um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, John. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was curious. Chad, have you ever worked at a bookstore? I've not actually. Okay. I'm the only one here. Yeah, you are the only one. I was oh, I was man. just super curious. I was like, our ability at recommending books to each other is just a weird thing. Yep. Yeah. I, was I was one of the, I, I, this is going to age me quite a bit. I worked at a Blockbuster video when I was in college. That so that's the closest thing. Love that. It's the equivalent of what Josh and I did. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say as much as I don't miss retail, like 90% of the time, there's nothing like having someone come in and say, oh, you recommended this book and I really, really loved it. There's nothing like that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like crack. Yeah. Oh my God. 
it's really, um, yeah, there's just nothing, there's nothing like it. And I know it's strange and I know it's weird that that somehow gives. It should, it's validation. Totally does. It, it's validation. It's joy. It's like, you know, when you love something so much and you recommend it to someone and they like it, you're like, Oh, yay. Now we can, if nothing else in the world, we can talk about this. We may disagree on everything else, but we can still talk about this one book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta build a bridge somehow. Yeah. Um, so Andrea, I'm going to rope you back in, um, because of your, your minor, um, actually, I'm going to start this one with Drewzy. Um, so Drew, um, and I, I'm, I'm sure I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, like, obviously, no names, but I don't know if you've run across this in the store. Um, I have not, but I have a very specific, uh, you know, to not to be completely unpolitically correct. I have, I have gay voice. So it's not something that anyone would ever say to me, but um, there was at one point, um, somebody, um, some movie executive or something like that, at some point there had been a discussion of like, I think Sebastian Stan at some point had said like, oh yeah, I would love it if there was a gay Captain America, or I love it when people stand Bucky and Cap, go for it. I enjoy it, have at it. Um, and someone wrote kind of an angry post online that got a lot of traction at the time um, that was, you know, why do, why do queer people have to have, make everybody gay? Why does, why does Captain America have to be gay? And I was sort of like, I think you're missing the point. The point is not to make Captain America gay. The point is why couldn't there be a character like a Captain America who happens to be gay? And I sort of feel like there's a, often a disconnect in fandom. Um, I didn't think I was gonna go into the fandom route, but since we're there, let's just dip our toe into it for a little bit. Um, but I sort of feel like there is a disconnect with fandom. People think that because someone says, well, why couldn't Thor be a woman? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert Thor is a woman. Um, real Thor, Jane Foster Thor, not Odin's son Thor. Um, but, you know, people say like, well, why couldn't, you know, because at one point Thor was a female character, Iron Heart replaced Iron Man was a young African-American woman. Um, Sam Wilson as Captain America was black. Um, and there was a whole lot when whoever at the time was heading Marvel was like, well, we changed it because it wasn't really selling and it wasn't what people wanted, yada, yada, yada. So let's dip our toe in fandom. Am I insane in thinking that there is a disconnect between sort of people understanding like, hey, this is this is what we're asking, not what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a huge gulf of misunderstanding. And I, I think... Um, you know, obviously people bring their own personal biases to everything, but I think as, as far as like comic book fandom specifically, I think a lot of that is uh, so many people gravitate towards or, or hold on to in an ongoing capacity, the characters that they like because they try to like self-identify them as much as possible. Like I am the Hulk, you know, 
if I could Hulk out, I would totally Hulk out. That's me. Like I would, you know, I'm Captain America or whatever. So I think is it's like any, you know, like a minor change, people freak out. So God forbid you make like a any kind of significant character cultural change. People just yeah, they just there's no room for understanding why you could add a different perspective to it. I, I do think it's an identification. I also wonder, do you think it's a consistency where things change and the world is just so weird and, and just things change so fast that people are like, I wanna know that Superman is always gonna be the same. I wanna know that, you know, Batman's always gonna be the same. You know, I, there is, I mean, it's, it's serialized storytelling has been go going on for 80 years. Let's face it, there's limits to the human imagination. There's only so many stories you can tell. But when you try to tell different stories, people are like, no, I hate it. Oh no, yeah. go back. Except, yeah, except when they don't. It's kind of weird to try to navigate that space. I think there's definitely something to that. You know, there's a lot of people who rely on this medium as a source of, I don't know, comfort. And, mm -hmm. you know, Superman specifically, that's like the point of that guy is that he's like always there and he's always the same. Don't even worry about it. Superman's always there. Uh, so I think that's, that, yeah, that's definitely an element of that. Um, well, but oh, sorry. When, when it, sorry. When it happens and it's, you know, sometimes things just like catch fire. Like you said, Jane Foster Thor, Foss Thor, as she is affectionately referred to as in, in the store. Um, like that's a book, you, like you cannot, you would be so hard pressed to find somebody that would deny that that run of Thor is like, it's incredible. That, that, that Ugh, it's so good. So yeah. What I find super interesting about the fandom, like the ideals of fandoms in general is that it seems to stem from this idea of like, if they don't write this story this way about like, you know, if there's not a black Captain America, then that story just doesn't exist in the real world. You know what I mean? That story still exists. You Like whether they want to acknowledge it or not, like that story is still real. It is in the world and it's gonna happen eventually. Um, and I feel like fandoms in general, again, if you get mad at me on Twitter, I don't check it. Um, like, um, I feel like they just totally miss the point of like, these are important stories of important people that can teach you and show you something. And just because you don't want it doesn't mean it's not true. And you I know? don't want to blast fandom. I no, want no, to no, discuss, no, no, no. like, I want to talk about fandom. I don't no, want to. No, not a little, a, a small blast, but I, mm. I, I just mean in general, you, you know, that vibe of just like the, the stories that they write are here there. Mm. They exist. I mean, there's only what I forget, isn't it? It's like 19 or 28 stories that humans have ever told ever. Like that's how many tropes there are. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, it's there. a, it's a very small number. Um, like we've already run out, like we know from the normal, like movies and movie reviews and how we feel about a lot of large franchise movies. We've run out of ideas with straight white dudes. We've done it for like, sure. There might be an interesting story, but there are so many other types of people and so many other stories that can be told if you just pay attention for a second. And like, it was one of those, like, you know, everybody got mad with Dr. Strange when they whitewashed, um, 
what what was the, the monk ancient one? Ancient yes, one. the ancient one. I'm so Tilda bad Swinton's with character. Yeah, when they put Tilda Swinton in there, and I get it. I look like Tilda Swinton. I understand. <laughs> Uh, kind of actually. Yeah, it's representation for me and me only. Um, oh my god! Like, <laughs> um, usually, people tell me if Conan O'Brien and Tilda Swinton had a child, it would be me. <laughs> uh, but um, like, that was one of those things of like, why did you have to? Why did you have to co-opt this story, which was just so clearly written from a different viewpoint, like a Tibetan monk? Why did you, why did you have, like, you don't have to take other people's story. They can just exist. Uh, that's, that's my point. Rant, rant over. <laughs> um, side note, before we throw this to everyone else, um, Tom Lent, who played um, Andrew on the TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, does the most amazing Tilda Swinton. And you should just YouTube Tom Lank, Tilda Swinton. It's genius. Um, he and a bunch of actor friends of his actually were doing a show just before the pandemic um, called Tilda Swinton Answers a Craigslist ad. Oh. So it's just, just go to YouTube. Not right now, listen to the end of Comics Corner, but go to YouTube and just put in Tom Lank, Tilda Swinton. It's genius. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so let's let's circle back there for a second. <laughs> Andrea, Chad, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, if I can come in really quick. I think this all just harkens back to the idea that um, superheroes are always based in the fact that it's what we're supposed to be. Like this is what the American people are supposed to be. So that's a white guy. It's That's the majority of what the American people are. That's just statistically speaking. And that's what it's always been is a white guy. And he stands up to bad guys and fights for his country. And that's where we are, Um, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, those people exist. I mean, that's not something that's not valid and not doesn't exist. It's obviously something that we have that happens quite frequently in our country, but it's just also, it's also something that is so exclusionary and just doesn't make room for anybody else in the just in the experience of our country we have so many other people that have things that they want to say and have so much history that they want to talk about that's happened to them and we just aren't making any sort of room for them to talk mm-hmm. so uh i just think it's very much like superman is always gonna be a white guy because superman has always been the american people and that's always going to be a white guy that protects his country and his you know, his people. And unfortunately that's just what the majority is. So that's what it's going to be. But I, yeah, it's, it's something we just have to, we're fighting back against. And I think a lot of people have a lot of issues with it because it's something they've grown up with. It's just the media is very hard to work with around those kind of parameters, but um, making the moves that we are is showing people that it's okay for other people to talk and to make room for their stories and to make room for what they have to say and their experiences. So. I think one of the best quotes I've ever been taught from an old professor of mine named Alden uh, was like, there are no new ideas, only new ways of doing them. And I think of that all the time. That's something that drives me as a performer and it's to what Josh was saying. It's so true. There's, there's so many other ideas, so many other concepts, so many other things 
that exists in this world that we haven't tried yet, but we keep going back to the same old, same old, same old. I think Drew, you hit it around the head. Uh, I think people like the way things are. They like super- superheroes to be like the straight white guys because that's what they identify with. That's what they've always been. And it feels safe and still feels comfortable. And when I, when I think about the Superman example, I don't, again, I'm, he's never been my, my go-to superhero. So I don't know his entire story, but again, you know, he hasn't changed much. So you don't really need need to know his whole story. But I think back to the whole fiasco with the death of Superman, right? When Doomsday killed him, spoiler alert. And then he didn't really die, but he came back, but he had like a whole different outfit. He was all kind of goth and black and he had this long hair. And that was just their attempt at changing him a little bit, making him not so, you know, homegrown American boy, making him a little darker. And people just hated it right away, even though he was still the same straight white dude that they can identify with, he was still slightly different. So they immediately changed it back because he wasn't selling. And that's the fundamental problem with the comic book world as it is, because if it's not selling, then there's no point of them keeping to keep doing it. So even if you have these great ideas and great ways to change society and change like the way you do things, um, making characters who are, you know, straight white guys, making them, a different uh, ethnicity or making them a different gender or, or uh, orientation, those ideas exist and they're great ideas and they're, and they're great ways to have more people make that identification and like have that rooted so they can grow that into, into their own thing in the future. If we don't, if it's not selling right away, they don't want to take a chance on it. And I, that's the fundamental problem I see with this is that there's a lack of, of bravery in making these stories and making them stick. Yeah, and that, I mean, there's all sorts of business models. I, you know, ultimately comics are not a not-for-profit business. So, you know, it does come down to money. Um, it certainly comes down to, you know, monthly sales versus trade paperbacks and the whole business model. Um, I do want to, has anyone seen the movie All About Eve? No. no. Okay. So 1950, starring Betty Davis, one of Marilyn Monroe's first film appearances. Um, Betty Davis plays this theater actress and she is, um, she's dating the director and the director's, when the movie opens, the director's leaving to go to Hollywood to direct his first film. And the character Eve says to him, you know, why do you have to go out there? You know, why leave the theater? And he says to her, well, you know, what is the theater? Is the theater just a bunch of buildings in this certain square blocks of New York, because I think the theater is also rodeos and it's also mime and it's also children in their backyard playing and it's also puppet shows. And he says the most amazing thing, and this is one of those things that I sort of always want to talk to, I I sort of always want to say to the more um, angry and vocal part of the comic community. He says, the theater is for everyone you included, but not you exclusively. So you don't get to say what it is. And I, it's one of those things that I, it's like one of those quotes that I sort of wish more people knew because I just think it's fascinating. It's like, yes, comics are for you and you get them just because these other characters and other types of characters are coming in. It doesn't mean they're taking away from you. It doesn't mean, you know, all you're doing is welcoming someone else to the dinner table. You're not saying you have to leave. It's not like a, you know, 
It's not like there's limited stuff. So anyway, that's just one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long table. It's like Valhalla. The table just grows. It doesn't, nobody gets to, nobody has to be kicked out. Um, And I do want to use this to kind of roll into the the last topic that I'd like to talk about. And I'm going to do a Carrie Bradshaw here um, because I'm going to tie this back into um, women in comics where, you know, of course the trope is the crazy woman. Um, and, um, it's a, it's a trope that I am particularly on the lookout for since a particular storyline about the Scarlet Witch. No spoilers, Um, John. No, no spoilers. We're not going to, we're not going to spoil WandaVision for you. I'll freak out if you do I'll freak out. I have to watch it tonight now. You've been telling me and I keep forgetting and I feel terrible. As we're recording this. Um, episode five of WandaVision um, is the latest episode out. And, um, you know, there's always, there's always a lot of speculation online that, oh, it's Wanda doing it because she lost vision and he's, you know, he's gone and blah, blah, blah. And I always am very sensitive to it because essentially I've ha- we've had almost 20 years of comic book stories about the Scarlet Witch be dominated by that one particular storyline. And here's where I go Carrie Bradshaw here. I couldn't help but wonder, am I being too sensitive? I want, so let me actually, let me start with that. I'm gonna wrap up the last section of what we're talking about with that question. Am I being too, I couldn't help but wonder, am I being too sensitive? I don't think so. Uh, because you're you're and I've known you for many years, John, and I know that you're an enormous Scarlet Witch fan. And you read House of Them, you read this Scarlet Witch story that completely rubbed you the wrong way. And like you say, it was it's been like hugely informative to like all the Scarlet Witch stories that have come out since. So it just keeps pressing that button in your head. So uh, sensitive, no, is not the word that I would use. I like you didn't. You know, this train left a long time ago and you were not on this train, so. No, I was not. And I, I, I it's like, I don't want to be indignant on someone else's behalf, but I'm just thinking like, am I, am I crazy? Like at some point, I feel like an editor should have said, um, you're getting kind of tropey on this one, dude. Maybe we want to rein this back. Am I being sensitive, Andrea? It's why I love men writing women. They just... They just know what they're talking about. They've experienced it themselves firsthand. Um, I've only tangentially seen WandaVision. Um, I knew coming in that it was going to be very, very much the way that it is. It's very like exhausting to watch as a woman. So, and I've seen it and I've known that how it was going to make me mad. And it has made me mad. The little bit of it that I've seen has made me mad. So uh, I felt like this about a lot of characters, about a lot of female characters. Um, like I've said, like I said before, that I have identified a lot with the female villains more. And that is, says a lot about the way that they portray women in comic books, really, is because if you have any sort of power, that means that you're a bad guy. And that is because you've lost it. Um I think a really good example of this, if you haven't seen the new Harley Quinn show that DC came out with, that's their cartoon version that they just started coming out with they have two or three seasons now you haven't watched it you need to see it it's amazing hilarious fantastic 
Um, but I think it really speaks to the fact that they've really done an injustice to a lot of these female characters in the portrayal of them, how they feel like they're portraying them as strong women, but they're not. They're just, they're still lesser in certain ways. Like they're just never going to be the, the male superhero. They're never going to be good enough to be even the other male villains. They're never going to be good enough for that. Um, like, how are we going to, how are we ever going to meet this, bar that people are setting for us that we have to that we can just be that we can just be in the world like we don't have to have a complete mental breakdown and have an entire movie about it and then that's the entirety of our character development i just that's all there is yeah and no tea no shade to elizabeth olsen oh she's amazing doing a wonderful job yes um and it, and, you know, as I said, episode five just dropped. There's four more episodes left. It's just one of those fears that I have to, to sort of say. Um, just uh, also in case we go there, I sort of feel like I'm mentally preparing myself. I'm hoping it doesn't go quite to the, the place of um, powerful woman equals crazy. Um, woman losing boyfriend means go insane. Um, and, and I also do want to say that I do think trauma and mental illness are fascinating topics and important topics to discuss. We, I don't think we, I think we ignore, um, I think we ignore both of those things in pop culture in general. I'm all for and believe it's important to discuss in comics and comic book culture and all of that. Um, not so thrilled about the um i lost my boyfriend therefore i'd be crazy um so anyway i have a i have a interesting question which goes right i'm gonna bring it i'm gonna bring us into my wheelhouse of horror um have any of you read the yellow wallpaper yes yes so good but also like 30 years ago right i mean it was written in 1892 so like Um, it is written by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. It is such an interesting critique on, especially from the 1800s of women's mental and physical health, but written as an extreme hold on. My cat has decided he wants to leave, but he's stuck in my pants. Hello. His claws are stuck in my pants. Thank you for that clarification. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. I I realized as I said that it was going to be bad. Uh, I'll just cut that out. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) But it is such an interesting critique on women's mental and physical health as portrayed by men, where she's just sort of locked in a room. Like basically she's told that she, uh, which is the most old school style of like med- medicine and, you know, it's terrible. Um, she doesn't have her tranquility or. She's hysterical. She's hysterical. Yeah. 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 Hysterical. Yeah. Um, so they just lock her in a room and are like, good luck and Godspeed. And she's totally haunted and I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. Great. Fantastic read. Um, yeah. And easy and quick read, quick read. Very, very quick, very short, very quick. but like, yeah it reminds me on that trope of like women are crazy. Cause it just, it slams into that trope at full speed as written by a woman, just being like, Hey, look, I'm actually crazy. And I died. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Now I would say um, the time I think probably the time that I've seen it done well in comics is the Dark Phoenix saga, but this was also ooh, I, not done well in my opinion. Um, I only log into my Twitter like once a month, so you can leave me notes. I won't get them, just so yeah. you're aware. I love, um, I love not done opinion. so well in the movies, I don't believe. That's my opinion. Um, but really done really well in the comic, but it was also done over, I think, a three-year period. So just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, then, no, let me just throw, like, have you seen, like, the first season of Jessica Jones? I think that we're not talking about, you know, women being crazy, but I think having a strong female character, but if battling her own inner demons, like with the struggling with abuse, I think that is a much more brilliant topic and way to like highlight how women can be powerful and still have complex uh, growth and complex character development. I think that's probably the best thing I've seen recently. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Josh, heads up, we're going to have to cut this part out. But Chad, side note, mm. the guy who wrote Alien. Okay, so actually, so talking about media, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I sort of, um, I was going to do it differently, but I, I kind of want to um, go. So it's interesting that in sort of the comic book movie explosion that's happened since Iron Man, um, you know, uh, Kevin Feige has said, we don't really, we pull from stories, but we don't really base it on a specific story because you've already seen that. And I think even the DC movies haven't really based their things on a specific um, thing. And the, the idea of, you know, well, are films just appropriating comic culture? I don't think it's appropriation so much, but I do want to like very quickly touch base on, um, are there, are there comic movies that everyone has seen that have made them go, oh, I'm more, I'm interested in knowing more about that character? Um, anyone want to start? Shall I just throw it to someone? Andrea, let's go to you. Uh, you're, you're like the first person I see on my screen. Yeah, let me think. Um, so, Christopher Nolan's Batman was like the best Batman that I've seen. I obviously watched the Tim Burton movies when I, a lot when I was a kid and that was really great. Um, but I felt like Christopher Nolan really took it to a place where Batman had a backstory as well. He really developed that into a place where the first movie really had, it really had something to go off of, which was really great. Um, so moving forward into this new phase of DC where they're coming into this whole thing of I like haven't even seen most of them um, because they're just, I've heard they're terrible. I've heard they don't have any sort of that, the backbone that DC has been known for with the comics that they, that I've loved since I was a kid, um, which is upsetting to see. Wonder Woman was amazing. And I was really excited to see that because they did that entire, they did the character development with her. They really went back and they made sure that you knew where they came from and what that looked like. Um, I felt like that was really important for Marvel. They kind of started easing that out as well. Um, Iron Man, they did this whole connection with him and the Afghanistan war, which was really good. Um, but then they started getting into like the Hulk just got thrown in 
he's never had a backstory. Like I've just never seen a movie that really did his backstory justice. And so it's been really interesting to see characters come in. I feel like the first movie I saw where I was like, I really need to know who that person is was civil war when they brought black Panther in. And I was like, I need to know who that guy is. What is his deal? Who is he? Like, why, why is he here? Um, yeah. Captain America was really good too. Or sorry, not Captain America. Um, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. was amazing. I thought all the characters in her movie were a fantastic. Um, which and man, they, if you want to talk confusing backstories, yes. like they cut out three quarters of it. It yes. just, yeah. But they brought a lot of those characters back in WandaVision too, which has been really interesting to see as well. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Drew, I'm going to save you for last because I feel like you and I have this conversation all the time and we'll probably end up not yelling at each other, but just going, you're wrong. Um, Chad, how about you? Um, I'm trying to think about that. Yeah, because I, I think whenever like a new Marvel movie comes out um, that I, I don't enough super familiar with characters, I do a lot of a lot of research. Like, so like when, uh, like Andrew said, when Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel came out, I had no idea who the character was. And so I just went down that rabbit hole trying to figure out who Marvel was and who who the Kree were, who this who the um oh god the shape changers um the Skrulls Skrulls oh my god they just slipped my mind yeah so I did a lot of backstory in that but I think the last time I really was like struck by oh I need to find out who this is when uh, it was like when I watched the very first Guardians of the Galaxy movie which I had never even heard of Guardians of the Galaxy much like most of the the fandom at that, at the time. Um, or the movie going fandom, I should say, I should clarify that. And I was just fascinated by um, Gamora and Nebula and like their relationship. I just, their whole backstory, I just kind of dove into that and tried to figure out how they were related, where they came from. And they were just super fascinating characters. And I think that the designs were shifted a little bit. I think they kind of held true uh, visually transferred into, into screen. And I thought that was fascinating. And then the one honorable mention I would say is this is a, a while ago, but I was never been a really big DC guy. Um, and John, we've talked about this. It's just, it's their, their godliness. I just, I couldn't, I can't get behind. And when the flash TV show came out, mm-hmm. uh, that was the very first one I watched. Cause I know they have the Arrowverse and they have Supergirl and then Legends. But I, I watched the flash, um, that was the only one I watched for a while. And I was just fascinated because I had never really seen any of his origins. I had no idea like what his backstory was, who his villains were. And I was just kind of fascinated by that. So I started like really going back and figuring out like what kind of variations, what kind of forms he's had in the past. And so I kind of dug up the old, the super old uh, TV show back in like the 1980s mm-hmm. um, of the same name. And like Mark Hamill played the trickster, you know, and that was just fascinating to me all these small little things. Um, so I kind of went, that was the last real rabbit hole I went down was, was the flash. Mm-hmm. How about you, Josh? Mine is super interesting. I think, cause it doesn't, it, it goes on a really weird path, like in my mind. So like I, when I was really young, I didn't really read it. We've talked about this before. I didn't really read comics until mm-hmm. I was almost an adult. Um, but when I was younger, like really young, I was like a Star Wars kid, just like hardcore. Like that was, that was it. Like I remember like when Revenge of the Sith came out and, you know, me and all my friends would win it, saw it, you know. And I literally at that time just learned about 
everything I could, like, you know, they had like the book, it was so expensive. Now it wasn't expensive at the time. I don't think, but like, it's like the picture encyclopedia that like shows you everything in the movie. It's like 150 bucks now, but like, it was like a $50 book. Like when I had it, um, And like, I was like that kid who would go through and like, could pretty much tell you exactly how to build a lightsaber at like age 11. Like I could just tell you the exact construction of a lightsaber. Um, So I just like researched really hardcore. And then when the first set of Marvel movies came out, um, because I am practically 12 years old, um, I was in middle school when the MCU started. Um, And when it, started I didn't care I was all about Star Wars and reading up on that and books and extended lore and all of that like I was I was in and I was also just like really into video games um and then I watched the first Iron Man um and I was really into that because if you're a Star Wars kid you love all the machine and sci-fi aesthetics and like that was so cool to see in Iron Man but it wasn't but I didn't really care to learn more about him and then I watched the second Thor movie mm-hmm. I had never seen the first one but I just watched I just hopped in and saw the second one rough choice I know uh but I was just like it made me super curious about Norse mythology because I was one of those kids that was super into Greek mythology like I that was my jam and I was like wait a minute Norse mythology so that got me in there and then through that rabbit hole is when I started to read comics which happened around the time like Avengers and Ultron and all of that were coming out um, was when I started to read so it was all through like the Marvel side I was super into the Nolan Batman movies of course but I didn't particularly care to learn more because I think when I had first read comic books outside of them I was like oh this isn't the Christian Bale Batman that I know Mm -hmm. um or the terrible George Clooney Batman that I loved as a, as a kid. Um, like, so it was a weird, like delayed journey where I saw the movies once and then I watched them again. And I was like, hold on, this is super cool and really deep. I should learn more about these things. And then here we are. Mm-hmm. I'm only like 14 years old at best. There you go. Um, now, Drew, I know that you and I, actually, you and I might agree on our favorite Marvel movie. Um, that may come close. I, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to agree on that. But um, in your um, multimedia knowledge or, or movies and TV, did something strike you where you were like, I've never read that character before. I want to know. Uh, well, you know, I don't really encounter that so much anymore i try mm-hmm. to do my due diligence it's my job um the last thing i can remember where i i saw a movie and i was like oh i, I wonder if there's there's more to, to that character than i know is is when the first iron man came out because i've been exposed to iron man but like that you know that first movie comes out and he, that character just takes off because he pops immediately so well and uh i went down i tried to go down the rabbit hole for Iron Man, and it turns out not so much, not really. I, Robert Downey Jr. really is like the best definitive version of Tony Stark. It doesn't get better than that. If you investigate, there's nothing else. Just, mm-hmm. he's just unfortunately, that's that's the last big rabbit hole I can remember going down. Okay, so Drew, I just let's let's test this theory. 
on the count of three, just say what your favorite MCU movie is. What? No, actually, mine is probably not what you think. All right. Well, hang on. Give me a second. I got to. Okay. All right. All right. If you guys want to play along, feel free. But I I just want to see if Drew and I are on the same page. One, two, three, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I do love Civil War, but again, you know, it's Wanda that is the inciting incident that, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you have to be Wanda. But anyway, all right. So you guys, thank you so much. Um, I really really appreciate y'all taking the time. Um, if you want to hang around after, we're gonna do a little gossip. I have some some interesting things, but anyway. Um, thank you so much for joining us for Comics Corner. Join us next week. I actually, I don't know if we're going to, I think we're going to split this into two. Not sure if we're going to do it on consecutive weeks or if we're going to do Heidi and Nora don't know things in between. No promise. No promise yet. I I have an idea, but I have to, there's a committee that runs these things. Yes, (laughs) there is a committee, but thank you for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Please do follow us at the cruelest month. Um, and we will see you in April with some brand new episodes, a whole new direction for the podcast. We will continue with Comics Corner, so don't worry, we won't leave you hanging. Um, But in the meantime, uh, ears open, buds in, and join us in April for the cruelest month. Thanks for listening to this episode of John's Comic Corner. You can find us on all social media at The Cruelest Month Podcast. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the superhero podcast. Thanks for listening.